Microphone check. One, two. CC. Hello and welcome at CC. Hello and welcome at one, two, three, four, five, six. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. There we go. Rolling. Once I think you have children or you have commitments, like people have family members they have to take care of, they have things that that, that restrict them in terms of like geographically and financially. So, but that's what I love about documentary film is that if you get it right, if you do really think it through, you can make your documentary dreams come true and have these things that are responsibilities and commitments and and things that you need to be achieving outside of that you can do it but you can't just do it on a whim you have to plan it you have to think about it you know you become a business you are a business and you have to make money and you have to produce this product Hello and welcome to The Documentary Life. This is a show that sets out to inspire and inform you on how to best live and lead your own documentary life. This is episode number 75, and it is brought to you by, well, it is brought to you by Stephanie and Chris, how about that, of Barong Films. And the reason why I say that is, well, quite frankly, I would like to introduce my wife, Steph, who I've, of course, talked about and referred to on the show a number of times. Uh, Steph, I don't know if you actually have ever been on the show, have you? I mean, I guess our listeners might know you if they were involved in our prior membership platform, which, of course, we'll get to later on. Um, but other than that, has anyone actually heard your voice? Yes, you secretly recorded me. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I, okay, that's right. There was a clip of us, I think, actually, maybe, um, I don't know if we were reminiscing or if we were discussing the show. Um, but uh, but quite frankly, that's a bit of, in some ways, of what we'll be doing today. This is a certainly a, I guess we could call this a special show. It's going to be different from how we have normally run our programs. I will not be giving, you know, a, um, a segment on a particular topic and then leading into a doc industry guest segment for this week. Um, This week is different and it's again like I said a special week because today happens to be well while we're recording this this is two years ago today was the day of our the first episode was released of the documentary life and then um, and then uh, a month later we would release I think like two or three or four within a span of a couple of weeks but the actual very very first official episode of the documentary life was released in uh it was released on may 22nd 2016 and here we are two years later and for really a multitude of reasons it feels like it feels like a good time to kind of check in and and talk about the program a bit and really you know how it started, where it's gone, and um, and really uh, and share a bit about who who we are, Steph. And um, I think with that being said, um, I'm going to turn it over momentarily to you, Steph. And uh, I think I think what what might be nice is for our listeners to hear. Um, we have received emails over the past year, and and people um, and, and sometimes they're joking, sometimes they're not, and which is they'd love to hear from 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 my better half, and and I totally get that, and I think that they should, because my better half is is the you know the producer of this podcast of the documentary life, and and as we'll get to here in a little while, the brains behind our our business venture, the Documentary Academy, and of course Steph and I run Barong Films. So maybe the first way we could start this is not unlike what I often do with with the doc industry guests that are on the program is with a little bit of your background. Um, Maybe tell us how you came to to film to begin with. Um, Not unlike myself, it wasn't initially with documentaries. In fact, you worked in features for a long time. So tell us a little bit about film for you before and then leading up to, to the really documentary. Mm-hmm. documentary was never anything that I was interested in professionally it was just I love documentaries I love watching them but it never even entered my mind that I would ever make one um, I always wanted to work in feature narrative feature films ever since I was little and I didn't think that I would necessarily be able to I didn't know what it meant I didn't know what I wanted to do in it I just knew that I really it looked like such an exciting world and I really wanted to be part of it um, so I went to university, got a degree in media production and design. Um, and from there, I just worked my way up um, over like 10 to 12 years. And um, until I 
I got the opportunity to work in Malaysia. I got the opportunity to work all over the UK initially, and then I got the opportunity to work in Malaysia. Um, and so for the last few years before I finished my career in narrative feature films, I was kind of um, working between the two. Okay, Steph jumped ahead there definitely a bit, and I don't I don't want to skip over this because I think it's it's important because it sheds a little bit of light, uh, you know, onto your journey. You worked in the UK initially in the film industry. What, what did you start out doing, and how? And what what uh, what department did you worked in in film? You worked in features, right? Whereas I worked primarily in commercials. Narrative feature, yeah. Um, so obviously, I, initially, I started at the bottom rung as a runner. We call it a runner in England. I don't think you, you call a production assistant yeah, here, yeah, right? Exactly. So, um, you know, doing that for a while. Um, and then I went up to a third AD, third assistant director, and then a second assistant director. And towards the end, um, just before we had kids and got married and, and moved into documentary more, um, I was a, I'd just begun being a first assistant director. And I loved it. It was absolutely the best job. And um, it was everything that I dreamed it would be. You know, it's a brilliant career, um, built a brilliant lifestyle, but very solitary lifestyle. You have to be very selfish. And um, and I was able to do that until, you know, we got married and had kids. And then it just changes everything. Then the solitary lifestyle was something completely different. Uh, in Malaysia, when you were working in Malaysia, which of course is is where we met, was in Malaysia on an Intel job, shooting an Intel job. Um, you were working in features in Malaysia. What was it like working in Malaysia in in the feature industry versus working in the feature industry in the UK? Well, one of the things I love about the feature narrative feature film industry is that um, it's an army. You're part of an army, and you're all marching towards this one common goal at this one particular time um I just love that aspect of being part of a team and um and although it's the same in Malaysia in terms of you are a team marching you're kind of marching at a different pace (laughs) and to a different beat and actually you know initially it's very difficult initially it's frustrating right yeah, yeah very you know because you're used to this very sort of like bam 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 you all have to hit your marks um and it's not like that. And, and yeah, but but once you get used to it, it's actually really refreshing and liberating because you get to just talk, sort of relax, relax, la, as they say, like, just, just, just take it easy. It's all going to get done. And it does get done. It might take a lot longer, but, you know. Um, and I don't know that I've ever heard the word relaxing when you're referring to when when one is referring to I don't know almost any sort of filmmaking yeah any sort of set in in the commercial or features realms at least for sure. Um, but was the work getting done or was it taking longer? To was there an efficiency difference? There's an efficiency difference, but it, it I think it's compensated for they expect it. And also, I feel like it's cheaper, it, it, comparably, obviously. Um, and so um, there's flexibility. I think there's more flexibility. There's more flexibility in locations. There's more flexibility in working style. There's just more flexibility all the way through, which once you're used to it, it's really... it's. It, you can get used to it then when I so when I was going back and forth then I have to go back and get used to like being on it again so it was kind of a nice balance were you working primarily with Malays or were there were you also working with other westerners well I was working primarily with Malaysian people yeah Malaysians um primarily Chinese Malaysians um very rarely actually two people from England um that I had worked with previously were out there working. That's initially how I went over there. Um, I was working in Cornwall on a film and a DP came over from Malaysia, a British guy, um, and said that he, you know, explained his life and what he was doing out there. And he, you know, casually sort of said, you know, you should come out. And I never really thought much of it. It certainly wasn't something that was on my agenda, you know, prior to that. Um, And then um, he... So then he suggested, so he suggested that and um, I thought, you know what, why not? Maybe I, you know, could go on a little adventure and I planned to go for a few months and I ended up being there for three years. So and probably would have stayed longer had I not come to the States and, and had started a family with you. 
Wow. See, I'm glad I could drag <laughs> I, I'm glad I could drag you away from the, the fun and excitement and um, well, it was as I mentioned over there that we met and um, you know, it wasn't and, and we met on a job in Malaysia and then a couple of years later, it wasn't for another couple of years that we actually saw one another again and it was meeting up in Cambodia mm-hmm. to work on a a short documentary project which of course has become something much larger and again we will probably get to that in a moment um but but i invited you I, I i initially reached out to see if you were still over in southeast asia and of course you were and and i said hey i'm going to be over in cambodia with another friend of ours jack and uh and we're going to be working on some projects some doc films would you be interested in you know coming up to cambodia and uh you know a plane ride from malaysia to cambodia is all of I don't know, it was like 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And um, and you agreed to it. And we spent a couple of weeks going around Cambodia and working together on a documentary. I believe that was your first ever documentary experience. It was. And even hearing some of your retelling of what it was like working in the features industry and working in Malaysia. So it sheds light for me even uh, again. I'm he- hearing your story because... Um, it was, I, I sometimes forget that that was your first documentary experience. But when I think back to that time, I remember there were moments where you seemed very, um, you would seem surprised. You would seem kind of, it almost sometimes seemed liberating for you, um, that there weren't these extensive production budgets and forms to be operating by. There weren't these very, um, tight schedules, though we certainly had things, you know, scheduled out, but they were more roughly as one really kind of needs to do when you're operating in, I don't know, a place like Cambodia at times. Um, but things weren't like you were accustomed to. So maybe you can share with us, what were some of those first impressions that you had going from working in features, um, to then, you know, working on a documentary project in Cambodia? Yeah, so yeah, that experience, that first time in Cambodia was my first experience of working documentary film. And it was really eye-opening because, you know, I come from a world where everyone meets at a particular time for a particular duration. Um, It's all scripted out. We know exactly what props we need. We know exactly what we're going to say. We know exactly what we have to do. Everybody has their role. You know, it's so, um, so almost military like I said referenced an army but it is it's 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 a lot of pressure and it all has to happen at that particular moment in that particular way yes Um, and in fact there's people that there's a certain type of way that you speak to people and there's a chain of command so when you make these military references that's so incredibly appropriate that was one of the first things I was taught when I first came on set of an actual feature film, that 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 idea, yeah. but but please continue. Which is also comforting in a way because you know where you stand. Yeah. Everyone has That's their right. role, and so it's once you know the system, right. you know it's great. No, but it was really lovely to like to just be there and to be able to make decisions on the fly, yeah. and like to have that creative input and and just just relax into it and sort of feel it and it be authentic and it just come from a totally different place I really I enjoyed it um one thing I will say about the way that we made this film is it isn't ideal like I wouldn't recommend it to anybody (laughs) because we went there we we shot a bunch of footage and a bunch of interviews we didn't really know what the film was going to be it wasn't really intended to be a a big film and so there was no planning there was no background work there was planning in that okay we can speak to this person and that person and loosely we can make the story but there wasn't that idea of like okay let's have structure like that's why and I know we're going to talk about it later but that's why the documentary academy means so much to me because i wish i had that resource i wish i could have gone through that process before making this film because trust me if you don't have it it is so hard it's hard to get funding it's hard to get you know plan for your distribution it's hard to have your documents in order like so you're just on it um if you don't do the background work, if you don't plan for it, if you don't have a, a vision before you you begin to your project. And that's so, so true. And it's very much in some ways at the heart of, you know, obviously we'll get to the Documentary Academy in a bit. And I'm glad that you brought that up and 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 how 
And I would say that it's also in in many ways why I started the podcast mm -hmm. initially, how the documentary life came to be was in some ways through the frustrations that you and I were both experiencing, you know, with our, our current project, Elvis of Cambodia, because, you know, we went and spent five months shooting in Cambodia, you know, with our 10 month old Flynn at the time, our, our first. And, uh, and that was an incredible experience in itself but then coming home after having spent so much time and so much thought and so much uh, of our energies on the film and then suddenly quickly just like that having a year go by mm. while we're back in the states and suddenly it's around the holidays time and 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 we're thinking about sort of the state of things at that point mm -hmm. Flynn is you know nearing two years old and and were we pregnant for Maya at that time? Yeah. And we're yeah, right. So we're pregnant with Maya and 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 almost, you know, next to nothing has been done on our film that we had spent all of our time and energy the year prior um, working on. And then suddenly we were faced with, OK, how do we pay the bills? How do we live our lives with our families and try to juggle that with our passions of documentary filmmaking and traveling and working overseas? How are we going to do this with our lives? And I mean, that was certainly the start, the start of, of the podcast or, or the idea for what would become the podcast. Right. And it goes back to what I just said. Had we had a really strong foundation and a strong plan, we could have dipped into it much more easily because we would have we would have known what we were doing so our time was restricted finances were restricted um and so when you have a limited amount of time if this isn't your main thing yeah. if you're just you know if you've got a main job or you've got children or you've got other commitments and you're going back into it when you can you have to have that plan because otherwise every time you go back to it you need to quickly ref by the time you sort of catch yourself up and sort of start yeah. some forward momentum you you've you know your time has elapsed and now you That's you know right. you got to wait until the next time you get some time. So uh, what you're speaking to is exactly what I'm saying. Like it's so important to to have that vision and that foundation and and know everything is in order. So when you come back to it, it's there. And not just for not just you, your people as well, the people that you bring on board. It's a collaborative effort. And so if the stronger that foundation is with them and with with your resources, the the more likely you are to be able to get your film finished. Don't look, I, I'm yeah. able to say this because yes. I, from knowing what not to do, yeah. more so than actually knowing what to do. But I feel like for our next project. Yeah, and it's not easy to admit that, you know, especially right. with, with, you know, us being, you know, putting this podcast out there to doc filmmakers. You know, there's a certain level, level, level I should say, of trust that we have built up over the past couple of years. And, and you know that's important to us and, and I think we're seen in a certain way and and we're being vulnerable in a moment by here by admitting hey look you know we're living our doc lives just as just as you guys are as you doc lifers are yeah, for sure. and and you know we have our challenges I mean look since we this this show started two years ago we've been talking about Elvis of Cambodia we've been talking about our project which is 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 not even close to completion at this point yeah certainly the majority it's been filmed mm -hmm. but you know we are not you know, we're a long ways off from having this completed and then distributed so mm -hmm. we are certainly learning a ton along the way and quite frankly we're going to be learning documentary and how to live and lead doc lives probably for the, for the rest of our lives mm -hmm. but yeah i think what you're saying is very very appropriate yeah and uh, i think a lot of people will appreciate it i think right I mean, for me, I was living a doc life without being in the documentary world for sure. a long time because I was living the life of a filmmaker in terms of the we travel. We both were. That's right. Right. And that is where a lot of our experience comes from that should be noted. You know, you and I both worked for years in the commercial and, and features industry. And that's yeah. where a lot of our, our doc life, you know, experience and that we talk about does come from that. Right. The, the, the problem with that, though, um, in terms of how I was living it, certainly, was it was all-encompassing. It was everything, you know. I was working 16 hours a day. I loved it, and it was great. Um, you know, six days a week for months on end, and then, you know, have a short break and then go back into it again. And you can do that when you're on your own, but when you have a family, you can't. Well, I wasn't, certainly wasn't 22, but, you know, even in my early 30s, it was fine. I just had myself to think about. Um 
but once you start having commitments right. and i had commitments in terms of i had property i ha- i was an adult but i didn't have the commitment of children i, I didn't have the commitment you weren't no <laughs> it's evolving <laughs> yeah so w- once i think you have children or you have commitments like people have family members they have to take care of they have things that 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 restrict them in terms of like geographically and financially so um once you have those considerations but that's what i love about documentary film is that if you get it right if you do really think it through you can make your documentary dreams come true and have these things that are responsibilities and commitments and and things that you need to uh, be achieving outside of that you can do it um but you can't just do it on a whim you have to plan it you have to think about it you you know you become a business basically that's right you are a business and you have to make money and you have to produce these this product um and you have to have all these things that that go alongside that like the rest of your life because <laughs> right. you know no yeah. one is just living in a bubble then that's why we talk you know half the time on the program whether it's through our topics or the conversations with with industry guests that we have on the show half the time we're talking about the lifestyle aspect or what it means to live a doc life you know, sure, half the time we talk about sort of the how-to aspects, if you will, of doc filmmaking, but we always make an effort, and I think that it's part of what maybe separates us in the context of what we're talking about when we talk about doc, doc films, is that we don't just talk about the technical aspects of it. We're talking about how is it that we're all, you know, living and leading this idea of a doc life, and that's already much of what you and I have just talked about in the past 15 minutes. And I think it's part of the success of, of the podcast. A lot of people really appreciate that. You know, doc filmmakers really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think we really appreciate that as well, because as we're working through this and sharing it with people, we're actually processing it ourselves and we're thinking through ourselves and we're applying it. So it's it's more than just you know providing content for other people it's it's knowing that this is how we want to live the thing is this is not the norm and whenever you live outside of the norm it can be difficult Mm. you know i became vegan in 2008 in england i knew no one who was vegan i started practicing yoga in 2000 i knew no one that practiced yoga if you ever want to do something outside of the norm you're gonna come up again you know first of all you have to have people that you can aspire to to and look up to and learn from we equally everybody needs it you know like there's always people that have come before you it's really important to look to what they're doing um and you can feel crazy you can feel like you know why am i you know, like i didn't have any friends who worked in the film industry mm. i had friends in the film industry but not before that and um, and so you sort of have, you feel at times that you have to sort of um, condone or explain why you're living a certain way. And I think especially when you have children, because it's obviously affecting them as well. And so even more so, you have to have your sort of reasoning and your answers to hand, because if you don't, you can be left feeling very confused and, and overwhelmed. It's it's like Murray, like we love to say about Murray, you know, get, yeah, get, get your core values straight, know what you're doing, know what your objectives are, get your focus. And once you do that, you, it's, it just becomes something different. You have the answers because you've looked inside, you know, Mm -hmm. intuitively, you know, authentically, what is my mission? What am I trying to achieve here? Where am I going with this? Mm -hmm. Um, you have to have that self-belief because people will at times knock you. People at times will not support you. Um, people are afraid and, and fearful of the unknown. And so you really have to be sure in your heart what you're doing. That doesn't mean you don't listen to other people. But but, but if you know in your heart that what you're doing is right and you can and you can connect with other people who are have the same mindset as you, I think that's really special. And, and I think that that speaks to doc lifers pretty well it speaks to a large contingent of our audience because there we our friends and family often they don't know what the hell we're doing they don't quite they don't understand what it means to be making a doc film or living a doc life and what that consists of um, they don't understand why you um, you may not have the typical nine to five job what does freelancing mean what does it mean to be doing corporate gigs or 
you know, in our case, it's often been like, why are you taking your, why are you taking our grandson to Cambodia for five months with you to work on a doc film? Like, shouldn't you be at home raising the kid? And, and, and maybe it's time to, of course, I don't think either one of our parents certainly ever said maybe it's time to get a real job or something. It was never like that, but, but it does happen. And friends and family don't often understand um, the lives that we lead because often they are, if they don't work in the industry themselves, They do have something that's a straight job, if you will. And it's a nine to five lifestyle, Monday through Friday and weekends you take off at somewhere with the kids or, you know, our lives are very different from that. I think for us, it was a little bit easier in that we were both living like this before. So, you know, over time, people have gotten used to us living like like we did. But um it wasn't like we had straight jobs and then no. we had our first kid and said, hey, let's go live That's our dreams. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I think it takes time. But even with, you know, having the children, the- friends and family, they have have the best interest for you and for your children and for your life. And, and they sometimes don't necessarily understand what you're doing. And that doesn't even have to be like, oh, I want to go move to Cambodia for six months. It could just be, I want to spend my weekends working on this project, or I want to spend my money on this project or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be as extreme as a whole lifestyle change. But if you take the time to educate them and bring them in and, and explain over time people get it they get the passion they respect it eventually that you have this drive and that you can make it work um it does compound a little bit the fear because you Mm. because you're putting yourself out there and so if it works great everyone gets it and they understand but if it doesn't always necessarily work that's why i'm saying you have to connect with people who are doing it who have walked before you who 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 have the same mindset as you because they're going to have had challenges and they're going to, you know, rather than be like, oh, see, I told you this wasn't necessarily going to work. They will be like, you know, well, yeah, I had that difficulty and this is how I overcame it. And I would say, and I'm glad you brought that up again, is not only just people who have gone through it and have done it, but also it's important to be a part of a community or build a community of other like-minded people who are doing this now currently i think that's really important and that's been a struggle for us steph since we have you know been back where we are here in in outside of rochester new york where where i'm originally from and and that's been a struggle for us because we're outside of our communities you know i was living in portland oregon and you were for you know the better five years and i was there for the better part of 25 years portland oregon is a very uh open uh progressive community with a lot of a lot of uh art that's being created, whether it's music, whether it's film, whether it's writers, um, a lot is happening there. And, and it's easy to connect with people there and be inspired by, because you're just around it all the time. Um, you were working in London, you were working in Kuala Lumpur in the film industry. You're around people who are doing what you love to do as well. And they're it cannot be it cannot be understated or and it cannot be downplayed in particular i think with doc filmmakers because we can be an isolated crowd and i think that's also been something that's at the heart of the show is been trying to connect you know doc filmmakers around the world so we don't feel so isolated and so we don't feel alone in the things that we're doing on our doc projects in the ways that we are uh, living our lives because there's a lot of common ground that we have but you know uh, often when we're in you know towns where there aren't maybe these burgeoning artistic creative communities it can be kind of challenging you know mentally psychically you know you name it and and I think that you know I'm I'm very proud to say that this show I feel like has been bringing people together really in a global sense over the past two years. In particular, the last year has been a big jump for us in terms of listenership, in terms of response from people to what we're doing. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I know that there are a number of you doc lifers out there who have only recently begun a documentary film or have a really great idea and are looking to start a project up very soon. 
We here at TDL know this feeling pretty well. It's a very exciting time when you're first starting out on a new doc project and you have the whole doc film and filmmaking experience ahead of you to look forward to. Of course, as anyone who's a listener of the program or who has done a film themselves knows, it's not all peaches and cream, this doc filmmaking thing. There will be some bumps and bruises along the way. That's to be expected. However, we'd like to help minimize that impact a little bit for you. If you go to our thedocumentarylife.com website today, you can download a free pre-production checklist ebook. And yes, we are calling it an ebook and not just a simple one-page checklist because it's it's a fairly thorough look at five very specific things that you would do well not to overlook as you venture forth into your new doc project. There are some really nice tips for developing your film proposal, establishing communication with your email list, developing your fundraising strategy and that's just to name a few this one's on us guys so if you're looking to start up a new doc project or you're already in the early stages of one just head to the documentarylife.com website to download the free pre-production checklist ebook In, in July of this, of, I was going to say this past year, in July of 2017, we decided to, to go weekly with the program. At that point, um, I was really doing the program myself, and it was bi-weekly. And I was one, one show a month. I was hosting a segment myself entirely, talking about a topic. And then the other show of the month, would, I would bring on a doc industry guest. Um, Steph, maybe talk a little bit about um, why we decided to change the format and what those changes were, and then um, and 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 what it's been like going to a weekly program. Well, the podcast initially started out as a bit fun, really. I think for you to sort of um, be creative. We just had Maya was a month old when you launched the first episode, right. so we were busy with two small children, and I think. We weren't able to work on the film. And in, and another thing I'll say there about the film, our film is based in Cambodia. So suddenly right. you could just be like, okay, I'm going to go and shoot some stuff today. <laughs> yeah. So that's part of it too. Because yeah. if it went for that, you would have definitely done been doing work. Yeah, yeah. John Perosi, if you're listening to this, I think you can relate to this. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, so it just started out as a bit of fun for you to sort of connect with people. Um, and I think... I think that you were surprised by the response um, for people reaching out to you and saying, you know, this is really helping me. Um, I think that's what you wanted, but I, but there really was such an overwhelming yeah. response of people. Um, and so we felt like, okay, this is really, I think for me, because I have come to this without the, you know, I came to, to documentary film without the knowledge, without the planning, without the, the real understanding of it, just finding my feet as I was going, plus getting married and having children. So it right. just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like when I went into narrative features, which is like, I just threw myself in and went full, full on and learned everything and went for it. Yeah, you know, right, I had, right, you know, right. with documentary, I'm like finding my feet and I'm knowing there's a better system, but I don't know what that system is. <laughs> I know someone knows how to do this, but they're not telling me. Right. Um, so I think that, what you're doing is what you've done over the past two years is you provided information. It's been really, really valuable. I can't lie. I mean, the podcast is a huge commitment and I really have a lot of respect for you because even in times of like where we've not had a lot of time, where you've been super, super busy, you've always put out a show, even when you were doing it just on the side, like, and it was every two weeks. Um, and certainly since it's been weekly, I have to have a, you know, I have to say well done to you for that because it really does take something and it's not something that you just knock up. I know it means no, a lot to you. Right. <laughs> you do, you put a lot into it and people know that. I get the sense that people know that from what they say to us and it's really cool. Um, I appreciate it as a resource. I appreciate the learning of it. I appreciate the conversations. You know, we had someone reach out and say, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional filmmaker, but I always find something in your 
podcast that I, I'm learning and, and it's true every episode I'm like oh yeah that that connects so this this makes sense so so it's more than just the learning aspect it's it's just the community aspect too like you feel like you're part of something you're part of this world you're learning from this world and you know what Steph I I, I thank you for those I appreciate that I, as you know I don't really I'm not one for compliments I, I don't I don't I don't know I've never known how to receive them very well it's something I guess I'm working on but uh, I do know that people do appreciate it the show for sure but I guess I would respond by just saying well yes it takes a lot of time to produce this every we you know week in and week out and everything that goes along with it but I don't I have never once seen it as a job. Uh, it is a pleasure. I, I do love doing it 95% of the time. <laughs> it, when it, yeah, it's fair. Because when it does get crazy, whether it's working on our film and, you know, three other ones, I don't know. It, you know, it happens. Life does get in the way. And then it becomes like, oh, I got to finish the show to get it out. Um, but that's so rarely do I ever feel that. And I hope it ne- certainly never shows in our in our programming. And I feel good that it doesn't. Um I, I, the truth is I love doing the show and, and it feels good to know that people are benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of joy and satisfaction and gratification out of knowing that there are people out there who are being inspired by it. There are people, there's a community of people just like you, just like me, who are making doc films and they're trying to figure out the best way to make those films and how they live how they're going to live their lives as we do. And that feels really good. That feels really yeah. good. Um, I would say the only challenge really at this point is I know that there's a heck of a lot more people out there mm-hmm. who could benefit from this show. And that has been one of our bigger challenges, hasn't it, Steph? Is oh, yeah. getting the word out about this show. Because we know once people, once doc filmmakers listen to it, honestly, nine times out of ten, once they've listened to it, they're in. They're, they're subscribing. They listen to the show. I think there are two main points or issues that we we struggle with. And I'd say that, number one, we we just are terrible with getting help. We just do it. And and maybe people can relate to this. Uh, you know, everyone says, you know, get help with this, get, you know, have have an intern or have an assistant or have a house cleaner or have a whatever, yeah, we've right? We've never had an intern for the show. We certainly could have used one. Right. And... But even with our filmmaking, you know, yeah, like yeah. for some reason we struggle to to do that. And that is something that we need to overcome. And I would say that to anyone listening is yeah. you need the help. It's even with fundraising. We've never built a fundraising team. Mm-hmm. And and you need that. You need the support. You need other people coming on board with you. You can only do so much. Two people even can only do so much. You need to have that that support around you. So I would definitely say that that has been a struggle for us and something that I would like to overcome. And then the second thing is we're terrible at promoting ourselves. I bet you any money people listening to this either found us on the app because they've searched documentary podcasts um, or they heard from word of mouth. Someone's told them, oh, I listened to this podcast. You know, you might want to listen to it. And, and they've come to it that way. I bet nobody practically and write in if you have, but um, has has seen some sort of promotional material or, you know, something that we've put out content wise. And I think that that's a shame. In fact, you first had your you had your first interview this week, didn't you? Last week, when was right? That? On, on, With Carolee Dean on Carol's show, yeah, Blog Talk Radio, yeah, part of film funding. It's exciting to think that you're out there talking about what we're doing. I think we, we get so absorbed with what we're doing. We, we forget to tell people like, hey, we're here. Would you like to come and join us? Because we'd love to have you and we'd love for you to be involved, you know? We're not super adept at self-promoting. Um, again, we, we just don't neither. I don't think either you or I come to that naturally. No. What I know I've learned in the past five years, really probably since Journey to Kathmandu, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've had to learn how to do it and I'm doing the best that I can. I know I can do far better. But again, that's also being around in a community around other people who have maybe a self-entrepreneurial you know, uh, spirit. Because the and, uh, and we don't have that where we currently are in the moment. If you want to be a successful documentary film, independent documentary filmmaker, if you want to make a profit with your film, I mean, success is defined by whatever you do, yeah, whatever yeah, you define it as. Yeah. But 
If you want to make money, if you want to sustain your career, if you want to be able to move forward with your projects, you have to learn how to, to, to have a business. You have to learn how to have a business mindset. Um, and we don't as much as we need. We don't as much as we need to. But you know what? In building out the academy and in putting myself in this you know, in this position in terms of becoming an independent documentary filmmaker as opposed to someone that was hired to work on narrative right. film. I never had to think about it at that yeah, point. No. Um, I've had to learn those skills and I feel like I'm almost at the point of, of being there and being able to apply them. But it's really important for people and I would love for us to talk more about that. In in I know we're going to do a documentary live course. Yeah. I don't know if you really... I don't think you've really talked about that. No, it's, no, no. But, well, we're putting together workshops. We're planning on, right. you know, the documentary life as a workshop. I know there's money out there for people's films. I know there is. And I know there's an audience out there for people's films. It's just difficult to... It's difficult when you don't have the, the skills, the tools, the mindset to, to find the money and to find the audience. Right, right. And, and it's there. So... I really feel passionately about it for our projects, but I feel passionately about it for other people's projects. I really feel like there are so many worthy films out there that need the money, that need to get out to, to people. Um, and I hope that that's what we can do with this course and these workshops, you know, is like give people the skills and the tools and the mindset. Because the mindset is the big, you know, the biggest hurdle. It is, how it really much, is. How, it's taken me 75 episodes to come on here. <laughs> because it's just not comfortable for me. This is not what I find in my comfort zone, you know. I'm a behind-the-camera kind of person. I'm not a microphone person. Um, but I feel like I'm learning that you know what, it's okay if you have an authentic message, if you really want to help people, you have to push yourself and you have to put yourself out there. And I really want us to, to focus on that more as the year, the years and the coming years and the next year certainly go by is, is really focus on... Um, Putting ourselves out there. And yeah, and, and just talk, like you talk about being isolated here, yeah. But I, you know, there's there's the Rochester documentary uh, group, Rock, right? Um, we have the podcast with, you know, speaking with people there. We are not totally isolated. There are people that really are really very isolated. And yes, there's the power of the internet, but there's nothing like you know, having a one-on-one -on -one conversation no, or, like or like, yeah. or, or just having like a, a community that you can connect with no matter where you are. And I feel like. I'm not sure how that's going to look. I'm not sure exactly right now, like how we're going to do it. I know it's going to extend outside of the podcast yes. and outside of the academy. I think those those are potentially two great resources for people. I Especially with the academy, I've worked really hard to try to give the best content and it's still a work in progress. Um, it's not open right now. It will be open in a few weeks. If anyone wants to go to the sign up page, thedocumentaryacademy.com, if you enter your email address there, um, I will email you once it goes live. But I'm really trying to give people in there what I wish that I had had when I first started out with this film. And that is like a foundation and a base and a direction for funding and distribution. Because those are the two main things. And yes, there are a few things in there about making a film, but that's not what it's about. It's about, you know, getting the strategy funding wise, especially for, there's a lot of information about funding, various ways to fund. Um, and the distribution section is growing and, you know, I'm doing my research and I'm speaking with people and I'm trying to find the best content so that I can give the best information to filmmakers. And the thing is, I'm going to use this for my films, oh, yeah. you know, like I'm going to work through it for every film that I do. Yeah. And it is worth noting, Steph, that, and this is where I really want to show a lot of gratitude to what you are doing. Yes, you help produce this podcast, but... The Documentary Academy is very much your brainchild. I mean, it's very much your baby in many ways. Maybe it's our third baby. That's a very scary oh, thing to think of. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I've been a part of it in terms of, you know, I've, I've helped, you know, write some of the courses. But this has been your idea from the outset. You have written the majority of the courses. It's my voice going through a lot of these tutorials, sure. But... Um, 
it was your, you know, it was your idea from the very beginning and you have been the one putting this together. And I'm so impressed, you know, with what you have been doing. The Documentary Academy, currently it has over really 10, 10 plus hours of content. It's very much made up of video tutorials. There's over 30 video tutorials already on the Documentary Academy. And then, of course, there are the action plans and the worksheets that we're currently uh, building into it now. And those are kind of really what separates it. Yes, there are the video tutorials, but what goes along with those video tutorials are these action plans and worksheets that that, that you're putting together. And it is, um, in some ways, it is very much, you know, you mentioned early on this idea of, you know, we really need to get get used to this idea of if you want to be a doc filmmaker and you want to make money at all from your doc films and in your doc lives, you need to get over your fear of money. You need to better your relationship with money. You need to get over thinking that you're just an artist and that the business aspect is not something that you're naturally drawn to. Well, you need to. Like that's that's where we're at nowadays. Whether you're comfortable with it or not, that's, that's right. the thing. Because, like you said, we're not drawn to that no. um, at all, and yet. It actually, but the thing is now, it actually excites me. Oh, like, I'm excited to think about our film being finished and taking it out on the road and, and screening it and, and forming partnerships for it and doing all the things necessary because it's very empowering to think that you have that control because for how long did we think, okay, we'll make a film and we'll hope that somebody takes it, you know, oh, takes it for, from us. But now we can, we can do it. And I believe that. I really do believe that every film has an audience and every film deserves funding and every film deserves to make some money. Every filmmaker deserves to, to be paid for what they do. And that includes us. I mean, I feel that wholeheartedly, but it's funny when it comes to yourself, you sort of think, do I? Yeah, no, I do. But you really have to work through it. It's, it's hard. Well, because it's it's you want to put all the money into the film and you want to put everything into the film, but you don't realize that, hold on, I have to survive and I have to live. Like, I have to, like, if I'm going to do this long term, like Steve James said, you know, if you want to do it long term, you have to you have to really make it sustainable. And the beauty is that you can. You can. You can. And speaking of um, talking about these topics and these subjects and workshops and and getting ourselves out there and traveling, we have some workshops coming up. Um, we will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Doc Lifer Julie has invited us down there, and we are going to be putting putting on a workshop down there on uh, Saturday, June sixteenth, down in Charlotte, North Carolina. So any any certainly any any North Carolina Doc Lifers should should look into that. Um, and then the next day, Sunday, June seventeenth, we will be having a a meetup. As well, I think that meetup is that begin at four o'clock. On I think it's going to be four till seven. I'll definitely put details out on social media. So and show notes for sure. Um, Julie, if you're listening to this, and we know that you probably will be, um, you can help us uh, help us with that as well. So so that's coming up in North Carolina, June 16th as a workshop. June 17th we'll have a meetup, and then we're in July we will be attending the podcast movement conference for the second year in a row. Very excited about that. And for any of our Philly Doc Lifers, Wednesday evening on the of the twenty fifth, we will be putting on a um, a sort of uh, mini version of our the documentary life um, uh, workshop, and would love to have would love to see you out there at that. And uh, as details um, emerge more, we will be sharing that with you. And uh, thank you out to Doc Lifer Nick Nick Justice out of Philly because he's helping us put that together as well. He's got a tremendous group of filmmakers down in, in Philly who meet every month. And so we're honored to be um, to be meeting with them and putting together this uh, mini workshop on the evening, again, of uh, July 25th, which is a Wednesday evening. Um, so yeah, and then uh, and then we'll move forward from there. And uh, I'm definitely excited to not only continue getting word out about the Documentary Life podcast, certainly about Elvis of Cambodia Project, and then of course, um, the Documentary Academy online educational platform. I'm very, very excited for that. And um, 
and yeah, really excited to continue sharing our doc lives with everybody. And that's kind of what we're doing. And, and, um, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time to be a doc filmmaker. And, uh, it's an exciting time for, I think you and I, Steph, it's, um, it's definitely not always easy. It has a lot of challenges having a two, a two and a four year old and trying to, to make doc films and trying to travel around the world and, uh, trying to be entrepreneurs. It's not an easy thing. And, um, I want to thank you, Steph, for, for being on this journey and really um, allowing for a lot of this to happen. Of course, yeah. I would not have it any other way. I'm just grateful for the learning. You know, I wouldn't go back in time to a few years ago not knowing what I know now. And I think that's partly just the evolution of the internet, the evolution of how the world's changing, how the film industry's changing. Our children are getting slightly older, yeah. which helps. Um, but I feel like there's been a lot of learning and I'm grateful for that, you know, and I, I want to share that with people and, and continue to learn and grow and yeah, keep putting it out there, helping people, I hope. Well, Steph, thanks for coming on the show. It's uh, been a long time coming. I guess you're right. Two years. We shouldn't let two years pass by any means before you connect um, with the show and the doc lifers out there again, um, because we are a significant part of one another's doc lives. And that's important to be sharing that with, with, with everyone. Um, so thanks for being on the show. And um, let's, let's do this again soon. Maybe sooner than later. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. And yes, I'd love to come back sometime. If you, if you guys will have me. <laughs> that's a wrap. The Documentary Life podcast has been brought to you through our production company, Barong Films. I look forward to bringing you another episode next Friday, but in the meantime, you can stay connected via the Doc Lifer weekly newsletter. In the newsletter, you'll not only get a sneak peek look at our upcoming doc industry guest, social media posts of the week, special discount offers only available to listeners of the show, but maybe more importantly, Anyone who receives the Doc Lifer weekly newsletter will be able to access segments of our conversation with the doc industry guest that were not in the previous week's podcast. These segments have some great additional insight and inspiration, but due to episode time constraints, simply needed to be cut from the program. The Doc Lifer weekly newsletter is the only way in which to do so, and these special links will only be made available the week in which a particular guest is on the show. Now, to sign up for the Doc Lifer Weekly Newsletter, simply go to thedocumentarylife.com or you can email me directly at chris at barongfilms.com. Thanks again for listening to TDL, and I look forward to bringing you another fantastic episode next week. Mm-hmm.